Hi guys, welcome back to the Tom and Rory talk show. There's a very special episode today. We're going over what we think the England squad, um, or what we would like to see for the England squad at the Euros. I'm joined by Tom on uh, FaceTime, as per usual. Yeah, I'm back guys, how are you doing? Um, but today we've also got a very special guest. I just want to start by saying... Um, by issuing an apology to all the aficionados listening, you know, the likes of the Oscar Sadowskis, because we've got Daniel Mangan on today, so the knowledge is going to be, you know, greatly reduced, and, you know, you may as well just listen to Sky Sports Punditry um, if you want some analysis from Daniel Mangan. But Daniel Mangan is here with us, and we're very happy to have him. And we we were saying we were saying before it's a bit of a baptism of fire because this has been a very very difficult episode to prepare for, as we have selected our twenty three man squads for the Euros six months in advance, which seems a bit weird, but you know we're doing it anyway. Um, Listen, we, have, we reserve the right to change our minds. Yeah, well, I think I think what I was thinking as well. I think we'll probably end up doing another. We'll do another episode probably in June. Um, when the squads do come out, we can kind of compare what we said. Um, and I'm sure, you know, if Daniel doesn't perform too badly today, I'm sure we'll, we'll welcome him back for that episode as well. Um, so um, in terms of where to start, obviously, what we're going to do as well, just to say for this episode, so we're going to go through position by position. Um, and then at the end, we will give um, a brief over. We'll give a recap of our squad because obviously you might lose track of who we've kind of who we've got in. It's a twenty-three man squad. Um, other than that, there's there's not really too much too much else to say apart from the fact that we will be kind of giving some honourable mentions as well. People that just missed out and potentially people who could sneak into the squad um, if they have a good six months or so. So I think we should also dedicate a bit of time to discussing like who we think. Like maybe we didn't want to. We don't. Want yeah. To, but who we think Southgate will probably. Yeah. Because we want to make it very clear. This is what we want to see um, for the England squad, not what Gareth Southgate. Um, no, it's not a prediction. It's what we want to see, um, because none of us want to see um, a three at the back at the Euros um, with Carl Walker playing at right centre back. Um, so you know. Anyway. That's um, subjective. <laughs> Let's get going. So we're going to start off with the keepers, and I'll hand over to Daniel to start us off with his three keepers. Presumably, he's well, got three. Well, I'm definitely bringing three because if you only bring two and then one gets injured and then you get a red card in the Euros final, the, the country will never forgive you if you don't bring three. So, um, pretty standard pick for Pope Henderson. I mean, they've all been integrated integrated in the like national setup, so there's no reason McCarthy's had a good start to the season playing well but why why change who's been going to the, the camps and going to the friendlies and stuff like that so yeah pretty simple I think Pitford Pope and Henderson for me and starting mm-hmm. for me would be Pickford Tomo uh, Tomo what are you saying Tomo what are you saying well if it was my starting 11 yeah. Pickford would definitely not be starting Mm-hmm. I do see. I do agree with Dan with the Pickford, Pope, and Henderson three goldie shout. Yeah, I th- it might seem a bit boring, a bit bland, a bit basic, mm-hmm. but I think it is the probably the safest shout for the same reason as Daniel. Yeah, just because they're integrated into the England setup. You don't want to go into a tournament with new faces, bit of bit of unsettlement around the camp. Not too many new faces. Actually. 
But um, yeah, I think Alex McCarthy would have probably been the closest competitor to get a potential spot in this on the plane. But we've only got three goalies. I'm definitely bringing three goalies because even if just one one got injured and you had the only two, it's squeaky bum time with that other goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's like it's like <laughs> national cup final, like. Yeah. And I, if it was up to me, I think Dean Henderson's the best goalkeeper. Yeah. He hasn't been playing. Mm-hmm. So if it was up to me, I probably. I know he hasn't been playing, but I probably would still start Dean Henderson. I think Nick Pope. He's a good goalkeeper, but I think he's. I wouldn't start for England because I don't think he's very good with his feet. After yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I thought last year I probably would have said Pope, but the more I've watched the Pope this season, the kind of less I've rated him, to be honest. And Pitford. Well, he's just a crime that you're waiting to happen, in my opinion. I do see why Daniel started him. I don't think England have the greatest variety of options of goalkeepers. Yeah. So I think, and Pickford has never really let England down. That's what fair. that's what I was going to say as well. To be fair to Pickford, he hasn't let England down, and he was very he was very good at the last World Cup um, for England. So. I think there will be a bit of sentimentality, and that you know that's that's the thing with international squads as well. There is always that kind of bit of sentimentality, or who's done well for the national side. Because if you think about Germany, they were picking Miroslav Klose for years, and he was doing bits for them. But you know he couldn't score five goals in a Sunday league pitch like at club level. So um, for my three goalkeepers, I I actually do have I, I I mean written down I had Pope and Hendo and Pickford, but then. I just thought Pickford's so average that I, I'd rather take Alex McCarthy and give him a shot um, because he's kept eight clean sheets, I think, this season for Southampton, which is re- um, really, really good. And Pickford, I think, is probably having one of his you know, his worst seasons at Everton this year. I think he's been pretty dreadful. Um, I would actually start Nick Pope. That might be a bit of a controversial take, but I just think Pope's probably the steadiest out of the three of them in the sense that he's been in and around the squad. He was at the 2018 World Cup. Also, he keeps clean sheets. I know he's got a decent defence in front of him at Burnley, but not a you know a brilliant defence. He keeps clean sheets. And I just think Hendo's not been playing enough for me to justify him starting at the Euros. So I would go with Nick Pope as my starting goalkeeper. I'd go Hendo number two and I'd bring McCarthy for cover because I think he deserves it. Um, and I don't think Pickford really deserves to be going to the Euros, but it will probably be Jordan Pickford who goes. I'd say with honourable mentions, I the only I was a bit surprised neither of you mentioned Carl Darlow. Um, I thought there might be a bit of a mention of Carl Darlow. I, I wouldn't take him. I don't think he's great, but he has been getting a lot of plaudits this season for his performances for Newcastle. So I just thought someone might mention him, but I'm pretty happy with with a, as a free if Pope, Hendo and Pickford do is the free I'm pretty happy with that I'd rather Alex McCarthy went but at the same time I don't think he will go so one, yeah one thing I will say about Pickford I, I don't think he's the best keeper but I think in a string of like six or seven games however long the Euros World Cup those kind of games are I think he can get they're, ni- they're 90 minutes Dan just by the way um <laughs> <laughs> season at like Everton as well I wouldn't trust Pickford over a stretch of 38 games but I think in the England shirt he's performed and why why not why not stick him in there so no I'd yeah I, I agree I to an extent I agree I just think he probably doesn't deserve it but 
I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be a calamity if Pickford goes and is number one, um, because he has been number one for England or seen as the number one over the past few years. So I guess now the way I've got it written on my on my list is that we go to right backs next. Um, we're all playing a back four just to make sure. Yeah, I've got that four, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I'll start with... I, I went to Dan last time. I'll start with Tom this time. Tom, give me your right backs. Right, my two right backs are going to be Kyle Walker and Rhys James. <laughs> no Trent. <laughs> oh, my... <laughs> oh, all right, all right, Dan. Uh, we'll, I'll come back to you, Tom. Dan, what are, you, what are your two right backs? And then I'll say I'm my two. Yeah, you're starting Reese James. All right, Dan, who are your two right-backs? No. You might have three, I don't know. I'm bringing Reese James, Cole Walker and Trent. Okay. Three. So mine... Trent, Trent mm-hmm. just got himself a place in mm-hmm. the place. Yeah. Mine, yeah, and I'm I'm absolutely appalled that neither of you are taking him. So Trent Alexander-Arnold is one of them. I know you're taking Trent, but my second one is Kieran Trippier. Yeah, see, Trippier was a close, like... Like, he was on my just missed out. Yeah. All right, Tom. Been... Yeah, Tom. I was gonna say. Sorry, you do your analysis now. Let's let's hear yeah, it. No, I was gonna say Trippier. Like Trippier has been a, a good servant for England, and like he's played. He played brilliantly, like fantastically at the 2018 World Cup. Mm-hmm. But I just like I don't think he's better there. I think I have him as worse than Trent probably. And then one of my left back options can also play right back and I think he's probably better than Trippier at the moment as well yeah and I think I, I know who that might like, be but um, I, I don't want to bring too many like right backs because I feel like Southgate's been guilty of like mm-hmm. picking names if you know what I mean like, yeah he's picked like Trippier, Trent, Kyle Walker and Reese James in the same squad and I just don't think that's really very Right, it's just not a very good thing to do to bring that many right backs. I think we've got two right backs. One of my left backs, who I'll go on to say, can also play right back. Yeah. And um, I don't think you need any more than that. I know it's controversial leaving Trent out, like Premier League winner, Champions League winner. But this season has been torrid. Thing, yeah, I. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think he has been pretty poor this season, but I still wouldn't leave him out. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, Dan, do you want to... Do you know what, actually? I'm curious. Why are you taking Carl Walker? Because I think Carl Walker's the most experienced out of mm-hmm. all of these players as well. And I don't think... I think Carl Walker's probably better than Trent, if I'm being... I, I was... In my... Nah, not for me. Not for me. James, yeah. Then Carl Walker second, then Trent third. For me, Carl Walker, like... Just his pure... People may think this, this goes under radar, but just his pure athleticism is, like so important in football and it, it for me it gets like definitely overlooked athleticism like however much you want to say about technical ability just getting up and down Cole, there's there's no one really better to like just drive get to the byline and like try and cut it back I know he's not intensely gifted but for me like he, he starts every day especially at the moment over I think another thing with Carl Walker is that if you wanted to play a back five in any in some scenario, you could play Carl Walker right centre back. Yeah. If you wanted to switch, <laughs> so there's a there's a level of versatility with Carl Walker. Yeah. And I think, like Dan said, the athleticism is big. He's up and down. I think he's a better player than Trent Alexander Arnold. I really do. I think Trent. <laughs> like I, I think the, the term system player is somewhat overused, but I think it is quite applicable to Trent. And I don't think he's ever really performed for England, to be honest. So that's why I'm not <laughs> taking him. Well, Trippier, I would have loved to take, but. 
I don't want to take that many right backs. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you my analysis, and I'm just going to say I'm actually like genuinely astounded that <laughs> that Carl Walker has made it in for both of you. And it's look, it's obviously football is an opinions game. Um, and it's subjective but I just don't think Carl Walker has been brilliant anytime I've seen him um, and I think you know Cancelo's Man City's best right back and probably has been one of the best right backs in the league this season no, I um, agree with yeah that. Um, but and I get the versatility thing I do get that and I do think it probably makes sense to have Carl Walker there and I think Carl Walker will end up going but for me I genuinely I, I would have so many right backs in front of Carl Walker going to the Euros I mean I'll start off with my two and then we can go on to honourable mentions for right back. But the reason I got Trent is because I think he's having a bad season, but I think we have a tendency these days in football to be very reactionary. And I do think Trent, you know, at the start of the season, I would have said Trent was the best right back in the world. Um, Maybe bar Joshua Kimmich, but even then Kimmich has kind of been playing CDM most recently. So I would have said Trent was the best right back in the world for me. Um, he He definitely hasn't been this season. I don't even know if I'd put him top three in the Premier League this season, but... I'd still take him because I think, you know, um, he's proven over the last two and a half seasons that he is a world-class player, in my opinion. Um, but his defensive output is pretty has been pretty poor this season and also he's been on the end of some pretty bad mistakes in games. He's still picked up four assists, which is good, but it's nowhere near the numbers that he's been hitting. Um, but that's probably why I would start Kieran Trippier. And I think... The thing is with Trippier, I'm not picking him based off the 2018 like World Cup and the um, sentimentality and him and him netting that free kick and you know he was brilliant. Um, I'm actually picking him because I think he's England's best right back at the moment, but he's not spoken about because he plays in La Liga for um, Atletico Madrid. And I think the problem with Trippi- the problem that Trippier's got, especially in the English media, is now everybody remembers him for that last season at Tottenham where he was pretty dreadful playing in a back four. And I think um, people have a tendency to kind of say he can only play in a back five. But this season, playing in a back four at Atletico Madrid, he's got five assists, 3.5 tackles and interceptions per game. They're top of the league. He's one of Diego Simeone's first names on his team sheet. And he looks like he's kind of completely revitalised his career at uh, Atletico Madrid. Um, So I would have Kieran Trippier in there. And I think he's good going forward and he's also good defensively. He's definitely improved a lot defensively under Diego Simeone. So I think he's ideal really um, to play in that back four. Um, The reason I left, I I mean, I left Reese James out, which is potentially a bit harsh because definitely this season on form, he's been better than Trent Alexander-Arnold. But I actually would argue he's not been the best English right back in the league. I'd say Matty Cash has been the best right back, uh, the best English right back in the league. Think of Cash. That's a good the thing is, Matty Cash has been exceptional, but he's gone very under the radar. And because he's not been in and around the squads at all, I don't think a lot of people will have him on their list for the Euros. But Matty Cash has been brilliant for Villa, who I think have conceded the second second most amount of goals in the. Um, oh, sorry, the second least. Yeah, second least amount of goals. Um, that might not be true since the other night they lost 2-0 to City. I'm not 100% sure, but um, they, they've they been fantastic defensively and I think having Cash in there would be really good. Cash can, can get a goal, but he's also very, very good defensively. But he just missed out for me. I did have him in originally, but I put Trippier in instead. Uh, Tom, do you want to talk about any other honourable mentions that you've got? I've got a few more, but if you want to add some. Well, England do have quite a depth of right back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been very good this season, but I think he tends to burn out, Lamptey. If I'm being honest, yeah. But I think he has a he had a great start to the season, 
and he plays very well in the first half of games and then he sort of gets taken off around 60 minutes because he's kind of burnt himself out by like just by the amount of energy he puts into his game so I think Tariq Dunsey is very good but I don't think he quite makes the yeah. um, the plane and Wan-Bissaka I rated him as much as anybody a couple of years ago but I think he's been having a couple of shockers in this season I think wan is a good player and I think he's very good defensively but I think there's so many technical flaws and he takes, gives away the ball so much mm-hmm. and because England do have such a depth of right back options I think he's kind of missing out so I think Matty Cash was a good shot I didn't even think of him but he also doesn't quite make it yeah. I think Rich James has been the most complete right back in terms of uh, defensive output right, um, attacking output I think he's very very good Rich James he's just very complete very athletic and he would be in that right back for me but I couldn't complain because England have quite a lot of good right backs I'm just saying the only reason that the Mangans have picked Rich James is because he's good friends with Joe Mangan so you know that's <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's in the squad <laughs> into like Liverpool system where it's all through the full backs and like whipping balls in but I, I don't think England would play that way like a right back would be more of like a, a standard more old fashioned way of like just get up get up and down but like it's not always going the that attacking play is not always going to go through the full backs mm-hmm. I think Rich James is like the perfect player like the perfect balance of just defence and attack without being too attackive or too defensive that makes sense like, he's got the perfect balance for me yeah I mean again I would I would be happy um, with Reese James going I wouldn't have any complaints I just for me my two obviously Trent and Trippier um, Reese James just misses out um, in terms of yeah honourable mentions I had Tarek Lamptey as well but I was actually reading I read a stat the other day that he's got the worst um He's got the worst defensive uh, percent. He's got the worst percentage of defensive duels won um, in the Premier League this season for fullbacks, yeah, which is so yeah, which is not is not a stat that you want. Um, I also put. I, I mean, I said as a timid shout, but not really like KWP as an honourable mention because I think he's had a good season. He's he's had a good season for Southampton, but he's nowhere near the England squad realistically. Um, I think if we did, I think um, in other positions, if we didn't have so many good right back options, Carl Walker Peters might have a shout. Yeah, like, but, um, <laughs> but I don't think he's really getting close. That's what I mean. I think there's a lot of good English. Yeah, players. well, I mean, even and uh, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, like even outside of England, I think, um, you know, James Tavernier for Rangers is having an exceptional season this year. Um, and again, I don't, you know, I don't think um, they don't really have a tendency to pick English players playing in Scotland. But I think Tavernier would be, you know, a, a decent enough, a decent enough option. He's not going to get anywhere near the squad, but he would be a decent enough option. Um, should we go to left backs and then go centre backs? Um, so, Tom, I just want to have a guess. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll start off with my left backs and then I'll go to you two. Yeah. So my two left backs are Shaw and Chilwell. Um, but I just want to have a guess. Is your left back that can also play right back, James Justin? It is James Justin. Yeah. yeah. I had him down with a question mark, but he just misses out for me. I've got, I've got Luke Shaw just because he's been really solid for Man United. He's been excellent for Man United this season. He had a brilliant game against Liverpool um, last week as well. And then I got Ben Chilwell just because I think they're probably England's two best left backs. I think Chilwell had a really good start um, to his Chelsea career. He's dropped off, but I think that's you know coincided with the rest of the team being pretty poor. 
Um, so I would still take Ben Chilwell. Um, he's going to create. He's going to get up and down. He's solid and reliable. But I think Luke Shaw would be my starter at the moment. Um, and that's partly because of how my defence is made up as well. So I would have Luke Shaw as my left back. Tom, I'll go over to you. Yeah, I've got two left backs. I've left Ben Chilwell out. I've gone with Luke Shaw and James Justin. Yeah. Purely because I think they've been the two best left backs, potentially, mm-hmm. in the, uh, apart from like two best English left backs I meant in the league this season. Yeah. So, I would, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. I just think Chilwell for me just a bit more steady. Um and I think the problem is the re- one of the reasons I brought Reese James is, uh, not Reece, uh, James Dawson it's cuz he can play right back. Yeah. So yeah. if we did have a massive crisis at right back where both of them went in, then you could have James Dawson uh, in that right back and he'd be doing just as good a job. Yeah. So I think um James Dawson and Luke Shaw I think Luke Shaw would be starting for me as well. I'm not sure he's completely a better player than James Justin. No. Because he's left-footed, I think he'll offer a bit more balance. Well, James Justin is actually a right-back by trade as well. He's just been converted to a left-back this season. I think he's Um, been very good. Yeah, he has been very, very good. So, I I think just for balance, I'd be starting Luke Shaw, Mm because I think he'd be offering a good overlap down the left-hand side with a left-footed crosser. So, um, yeah, Luke Shaw and James Justin will be my left-backs, and Luke Shaw will be starting. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to bring Chilwell, but... I don't think I want to bring too many fullbacks, and yeah. he just misses out. No, I think two fullbacks is a good cut off. Dan, who have you got as your left backs? I've got Chilwell, and then as my backup, I've got Saka, who like Saka can play at left back. Yeah. But again, I didn't really want to have too many fullbacks, and I feel like Chilwell for me. I know Luke Shaw's Luke Shaw's had a fantastic season so far, mm-hmm. but like Chilwell had an amazing start to the season. He's tailed off ever so slightly, but for me. When I've been watching Chelsea, it's basically all been going through Chilwell, basically, and Rhys James. And I feel like Chelsea have the best fullbacks probably in the league. And I'm, I'm not going to change that. And I'm putting Chilwell in, basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's fair enough. What You've plumped for Saka at left-back. Um, well, is that potentially because he's quite versatile as well? or? Yeah, but Saka's kind of like, he's also my left-wing kind of back-up centre. Like, Saka's just a utility player. Yeah. And, on Saka, like, the way he's, like, pulled Arsenal out of the mud, because one thing I've really, like, respected about Saka is that, like, whoever, whoever, whenever he's been playing, he's always been the one sparking the team, the one, like, trying to make things happen when they've been losing. Like, even when they've been losing games, literally your eyes are just drawn to Saka to, like, kind of drag Arsenal through it. Obviously, Arsenal, they've picked up form now. I'm not, not here slating Arsenal, but... Saka has been the one star of that team and he's performed even through his inexperience he's been the one essentially leader he's been leading by example and for me Saka has he has to be on the plane Mm -hmm. but he can play left back but realistically I wouldn't it wouldn't be ideal I'd I'd play Ben Chilwell yeah yeah. right. I think that's the left backs done um there's not really too many honourable mentions, and I think it's a position that England have struggled with really in the past yeah. few years. I mean, like, if you're looking at other options, there's not really that. Yeah. Many. Probably like Ryan Bertrand. <laughs> Mate, like, Ryan Bertrand. Really yeah. plane, so. He started in a Champions League final as well. Like that is so mental. Some on that, so um, the only, I mean, the only other left back shout I, I had James Justin as an honourable mention. Um, the only other left back shout I could really think of off the top of my head would be someone like a um, an Ainsley Maitland Niles as a utility, but again, he's not getting I mean, any. Maitland Niles yeah. is basically just a worse 
much danger. Yeah, he's not getting he's not getting on my plane. Um, yeah. You know, we got limited space, and he's not getting on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've I've got four centre backs, um, but I'll let someone else start with the centre backs if they want to. Uh, Tom, I'll, I'll pick you. You start with your centre backs. How many right, are you taking, um, and who are you taking? I've got uh, three centre backs. Yeah. And I've gone with Maguire, yep. Stones, and Ezri Quanta. Okay. Daniel, who have I'll, I'll let you do your analysis in a bit. Uh, Daniel, who have you got as your centre backs, and how many are you I've, taking? I've got four. Yep. I've got Maguire, mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got Eric Dyer. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So I've got four, and I've got the exact same four as um, Daniel Mangan as well. John Stones, Eric Dyer, Harry Maguire, and Tyrone Mings, and the two that I would be starting would be Stones and Maguire. Dan, I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Tomo, who would you be starting? Um, maybe controversially, I'd be starting, <laughs> Stones, I'd be starting Stones and Consol. Oh, Jesus and Christ. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I think it's a very much a long shot in, in Southgate's mind anyway. Yeah. To be even on the plane, I don't think start. Southgate even knows who Esri Consol is, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think he's got Dyer in front of Consol, Mings in front of Consol. Mate, he's got Mason Mount's cousin, who's a centre back, in front of Ezri Concert. Like, <laughs> I think, I, I honestly, from the, I think John Stones, in, in, with his recent form, has established himself as England's best centre back, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I would agree. With his ball playing ability, I think he's he's just defending a lot better. He's cut out the stupidness in his game, mm-hmm. which I like. He's defending the front post. I think that's something that is a massive Magu- weakness in Maguire's game. He doesn't really cut out crosses at the front post. And whenever you watch Man United, there's always crosses just flying across the box like every single game. It's, re- it's so true. It is actually really true. I can think of one of them being that. I mean, I, I remember that Sevilla one in the in the Europa League where it just goes straight across the box. I think um, Champions League this season, I can think of Istanbul back a share. Um, but yeah, they they just loads of crosses coming into the box and they don't deal with them at all. Um, yeah, and with regards to Maguire and Stone's partnership, I just don't trust it. It didn't work at the Nations League. It went calamitously when mm-hmm. we played Holland in that Nations League. And I think Stones and Konza will be the best uh, partnership for me. I think Konza has been better than Mings this season. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree as well. And we spoke about that on the phone the other day. I, I did have Konza as an honourable mention, but I just don't, I just don't see it. And I think for me, he wouldn't be starting. So I'd rather have Mings as a backup to my left centre back. Um, yeah, I think the fact that Mings is a left-footed centre back is yeah. means he'll probably go. And he can slide yeah, in. Um, he can slide in at left back if you really need him to, which I think is another thing that just adds that bit of versatility. Obviously, like you could play anybody anywhere hypothetically, but Mings can actually play at left back. He has played at left back before, so um, that's kind of why I plump for him as well. But he wouldn't be starting. Um, anything else you wanted to add, Tom? No, I just think. Yeah. I think a couple of months ago he was completely out of the reckoning. Yeah. But now I think he, for me, centre backs wise anyway, he's the first one on the team sheet. Contra Maguire's close. I just think Contra, in my opinion, Contra's a better defender than Maguire. I think he's yeah. more athletic. I think he defends the front post a lot better. And I think Maguire, he gets caught like turning quite slow a lot of the time. And even for a big guy, you'd expect him to score a lot of headers, but he gets so many free headers and never scores them. So I'm not even taking that into consideration. I think Stones and Contra would be our best partnership. The only problem I can foresee with Concert is the fact that he hasn't been part of the setup. Yeah. He could get uh, overwhelmed by the pressure of playing for England at the Euros without having been integrated a lot. But um, 
I think this season Stones and Conte have been our best centre backs. But I'll let you guys go ahead now. All right. Um, I'll let you talk, Dan, and then I'll I'll wrap up. Um, what? Yeah. So, so yeah. Brian Stones for me starting Stones again, kind of going over what Tom said. Best best English centre back. Like his partnership with Ruben Diaz. I think Ruben Diaz has played twenty three games and conceded like. Well, as a partnership, they've conceded like one goal in their last nine Premier League games, I think. Yeah, something like that. Which is ridiculous. Like, that is a ridiculous stat. But John Stones is quality. And for me, people sleep on Harry Maguire. Yeah. When Harry Maguire yeah. came to United, in his first season, United had the most clean sheets and the best defensive record in the league. And this season, they're in a, they're top... Uh, they might not be top of the table anymore. They're not, they are, no, they are top. They are top. Yeah, they are top. Man City, if they win the game in hand, will be top. Yeah. He got them the best defensive record in the league, and this year they're title contenders. And Maguire is one of the, for me, one of the biggest differences in that side. And I know people sleep on him. He looks slow on the turn. He looks slightly sluggish. But for me, I, I personally think that Maguire has been an integral part to this United side and how they've like basically tight challenging for the title and picking up form and picking up good games and then touching on Eric Dyer and Tyrone Mings I mean Mings purely on because he's left footed really to be honest and if you were to go in a back three potentially starting at left centre back or play left back in a back four yeah. and for Eric Dyer mm-hmm. he's hoping Mourinho's key man at the back if, yeah. you, if you pick one player in that Tottenham back four to start It'd probably be Tyre or Aurea because he's having an amazing season. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but it'd be Dyer. Mm-hmm. And people, I think, have slept on Dyer as well. He, he literally hasn't made any... Cause obviously, I'm a Tottenham fan, if people didn't know. And uh, <laughs> I've, been watch, I've been watching Spurs, and he's been a machine at the back. Like He's been clearing up clearances. I'm not, I'm not sure, too sure on the stats, but he's probably got a lot of clearances, a lot of duels won. And... I think he'd work really well in that team. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, I. I think you pretty much nailed a lot of that, Dan. Fair play to you. Um. Obviously, I got the exact same four. The only thing I don't think Man United last season had the best defense in the league. I think they had the most improved defense, but I don't think they had the. I think they were second to Liverpool. Um. But. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I think they conceded. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think they were second to Liverpool, but um. But no, they they had the most improved defense because I think they conceded fifty five the season before and then thirty five last season. Um, so they improved their defense by twenty goals, and I think Harry Maguire was definitely a big part of that. And I think the thing is with Maguire is it's so easy to like kind of make compilations of him making mistakes or looking or looking even looking bad. But I think the problem was like the spotlight was on him last season. So even if he kind of like you know look the wrong way in a game or something or like even like the littlest thing like you know didn't have his shin pad on or whatever people would like kind of take the piss so much um just because it was harry Maguire. um but i would i i think Maguire is solid and eric Bailly's recently come back into the man united team and they've been a very very good partnership but i think everyone's been quick to highlight how good Bailly's been and kind of missed the fact that Maguire has been very very good certainly this season I think since since they played Chelsea at home and they drew 0-0 in that game they kept a clean sheet I think Maguire has been excellent since that game um 
So I would have him and Stones, who Stones has basically played his way into the squad. I don't think there's anything more you can say about that. I think to not take John Stones um, would be a big mistake, especially since the way he's been playing. Eric Dyer, I agree with you. I think he's been slept on a bit. He's been pretty good this season, I think. Centre-backs probably probably suits him a lot more in the Premier League as well because I think he just lacks a bit of mobility really in the midfield um, but I think one of the good things about taking Dyer as well is that he could definitely you know be an understudy um, to um, defense to, in the defensive midfield position as well and he is a bit versatile so he can um, definitely play in in the midfield and he's played in the midfield for England before um, and Tyrone Mings Look, Aston Villa, I've already spoken about their defensive record when I was talking about Matty Cash, but I just think, I think Mings is decent. I don't think he's amazing, um, and he's definitely really overhyped at the beginning of last season. Um, but I do think, just because he's been in the setup before, um, and he's played, I think he, he's played all bar like one or two of Aston Villa's games this season, he's played more games than Konza has in that defence. Um, so I would I would plump for Mings just and I just think he's 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 more experienced than Ezri Konsa, um, and I just think it'd be a bit too soon for Ezri Konsa um, to to go to the tournament. So that's why I would pick Mings instead of Konsa. Me and Tom were speaking on the phone the other day about how we wouldn't take Connor Cody because we just think he's bang average. Um, and and the only other shout, I mean, Joe Gomez isn't going to be fit. I don't think for the Euros, but. But I don't think I'd take him anyway because I've never really um, rated yeah. Joe Gomez. Um, um, yeah, I is much better than Joe Gomez. You, I would say all the centre backs that we've mentioned are probably better than Joe Gomez. Yeah, I I just think Joe Gomez is so average. I I, I genuinely like on. <laughs> I'm I'm being honest. I genuinely don't think I've ever seen him have a game where I thought he's really really good. I've seen him have games next to Van Dyke where I thought he's decent, but I've never seen him have a game where I thought he's really good. The only other good thing about taking Joe Gomez maybe would be that. Again, he can play at right back if needed, if need be, but he's not very good there either, so probably best not to take him. Um, Fikeo Tomori would be the only other honourable mention I have. Obviously, he's about to secure a loan move to AC Milan. Now, he could maybe play his way into contention, and again, he can deputise at right back if needs be. Um, what would your thoughts be on Tomori, both of you? I think Tomori's actually a very, very good footballer. Mm-hmm. I think be interesting to see if he does play his way into form but I do think there is a sort of Premier League bias so yeah. I do think it's unlikely he'll go because yeah. realistically you could argue that last season Chris Smalling was England's, England's best centre-back yeah but mm-hmm. yeah but um, they, I think I England had decided as well though that they were kind of finished with Chris Smalling um, yeah Daniel yeah, you got anything Dan you got anything to add I mean Tomori when, when he was playing I really liked the look yeah He could do a John Stones, though. He could do a John Stones. He could do. But the problem with England in all the past generations was that we were just playing the same old, same old, and we weren't taking form into account and stuff. Like, yeah. Form is vital to like a team working. Like, at the end of the day, you've got to play the players that are confident. Yeah. And like having confidence is so key. And at the moment, I mean, I'm, tomorrow is probably unlikely anyway, but you, you, for me, Dean Henderson is like... Even Dean Henderson is an arguable pick for me. Mm-hmm. Just because like, he doesn't get games. Yeah. He hasn't got games under his belt. So I think that's... Tomori would, wouldn't get anywhere, anywhere near purely on the basis that he just needs he needs mm-hmm. to play. Which could happen at AC Milan. Yeah. 
Alright, so... I just remember watching Tamori for um, the England youth teams even when they were on TV and I, f- I remember thinking Tamori and Foden were the best players in, the youth, in those youth teams. Yeah. But it's just a shame that he isn't playing enough football for me. Mm-hmm. So, I think just before we move on to midfielders, could you... We'll run through our keeper and our back four. So my keeper would be Nick Pope. My back four would be Trippier at right back, Stones, Maguire and Luke Shaw. Um, Tom, what would your back four and goalkeeper be? So my goalie would be Dean Henderson and then my back four would be James... Uh, not, uh, sorry, Luke Shaw, <laughs> Rhys James and then two centre-backs, John Stones and Ezri Kwanzaa. Yeah, Dan? And then I've got Pickford in goal, yep. Rhys James right back, Chilwell left back with Maguire and Stones. I mean, I think that just shows how how difficult it's been to pick this squad because we've kind of got we've all got different back fours and a goalkeeper. So I'd go argue defense is probably the hardest part of this side. To... Yeah, I thought that as well. Yeah, well, well it's probably because defense defense I would say is probably the weakest part of the squad. Um, yeah, so I mean, even with my yeah. I just can't get that six one against Tottenham out of my head. I just can't. When he tackled, when he rugby tackled Luke Shaw. <laughs> Mate, that honestly, the when he when he literally like tap like pulled Luke Shaw down in the box, I was just like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing?" Um, and that and the fact that it was he made that goal basically himself. Like, he made the first mistake, then he like grabbed Luke Shaw, and oh yeah, just a calamity of errors. Um, and I do I remember kind of coming into school actually and being like to Tom Maguire is just terrible. Like he's so bad. <laughs> he's so bad. Anyway, I think he's had a couple yeah. of performances like that. Though. I think uh, FA Cup semi-final last year, Europa League semi-final. Mate, you could even say. I mean, I thought he was all right in that game, but Tottenham first game after like first game back in the Premier League last season, when he when Bergwin just skinned him. Yeah. Mate, can you imagine Harry Maguire versus Kylian Mbappe? <laughs> yeah. All right. So we need to we need to move on to midfield, or we're never going to get there. Um, I'll start off with. So if we're playing a four, you're playing a four-two-three-one, Tom. I think. Yeah. Daniel, what are you playing a four-three-three? Playing like a four-three-three, but like one like one holding and kind of two. Yeah. More roving. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's kind of the same as me. Um. So I guess we'll go defensive midfielders. So Tom, defensive midfielders. Yeah, so just quickly on why I've gone with four two three one, it is primarily because I'm worried about that defence. And I think we've got enough good players going forward that we can sacrifice one of them. Yeah. So um, my t- my, I've got three DMs in the squad. Mm-hmm. I've gone with Henderson, Rice and Calvin Phillips. Yeah. And uh, Henderson and Rice will be my starting DMs. Mm-hmm. Daniel? So who's your DM my, and who's who have you got? My DM is Declan Rice. Yeah. And then I've got Henderson's also in my team, in my starting 11. But yeah. Henderson, who can cover there. Mm-hmm. And I've also got Eric Dyer as a centre-back. Yeah. Who, yeah. Up. See, so, so I've got, um, I've kind of got a similar thing to you. So I've got, originally when I was doing my starting 11, I had Hendo at DM. But then I decided he needs to be further, he needs to be in the midfield beside my other midfielder. And then behind them, anchoring, I've got Calvin Phillips. Um, and then I've, so I've kind of got Hendo could slot in there. 
and Eric Dyer could slot in there, and I've left out Declan Rice, and I'm going to explain why. So, no. so Calvin, wait, I'm going to explain why. You're not let one second. So one one of the things I'll say, yeah, Declan Rice and Jordan Henderson cannot play in the same team. It is they are just awful together. It's so slow. It's so boring. It's awful. I hate watching it. Um, so they cannot play in the same team. That I've said my piece on that. Calvin Phillips, yeah. 4.6 tackles and interceptions per 90 this season, 1.1 key passes per 90, and 8 recoveries per game, compared to Declan Rice, 3.7 tackles and interceptions per game, and 7 recoveries per game. And I don't think he's ever made a pass, like, forward in his life either. So, uh, that's... No, no. So, Calvin Phillips, yeah? Calvin Phillips, one, can play the ball much better than Declan Rice can, yeah? Brilliant with the ball at his feet. He's a better defender. I actually don't think there's any argument to this because, like, I've, you know, statistically speaking, Calvin Phillips, much better player, better with the ball at his feet, a depth ball player, can slot in at centre back as well. Admittedly, Rice he can, but I'm, I've never been convinced with him. And he's Rice for me. I, I, I like Declan Rice. I think he's, he's solid, but. You know, Thomas Suchek's really been the one for me when I've watched West Ham as has been the standout performer in that midfield. And also, I just think Rice is a bang. He's bang average at at best. He's 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 solid. He's reliable. He'll play a lot of games. But Calvin Phillips, much better player for me. So that's why I got Calvin Phillips as my DM. Rory, you just uh, just admit it now. You haven't watched West Ham that much this season. I have watched West Ham this season. <laughs> I have watched West Ham this season. Declan Rice, I would say, I actually rate Calvin Phillips a lot, yeah. And I think the, the point about Declan Rice and Henderson playing together, I, I take that point, mm-hmm. but I also think it's been inhibited by the five-two-three that we used to play. Like yeah, but I think if you got three, yeah. but if you got three midfielders, I just cannot fit Rice and Hendo in the midfield. And look, I was being right. I was being harsh about Rice and his passing, but I just, I think in comparison, what I mean is in comparison to Calvin Phillips, like Calvin Phillips is his passing is just in it is amazing. Like he can just spray, he can spray the ball so well. His long balls are, are fa- fantastic, and I think playing at the base, he's a much better distributor distributor than Rice's. And I think if you have got Hendo in the midfield as well, like I have, I just don't think there's any need for Declan Rice, and I don't think there's a need for him in the squad. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think I, I get what you mean about like not needing too many players in the squad. I think with the five-two-three, Rice and Henderson look bad because he just have like seven defensive players and yeah. three players. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that as well. I agree with that as well. So I think with this uh, four four-two-three-one, I think the, the fullbacks will be joining the attack and mm-hmm. then it will look a lot more fluid. I think Declan Rice. I think you're underrating him with the ball at his feet. I've seen him make some great passes this season, and I also think he's got. I think he's better. I think the lead system probably does. Um, help Calvin Phillips's ball recovery numbers just because he's that lone DM and he probably does get a bit more of the ball recovery in that system and I think Declan Rice is more athletic than Calvin Phillips and I think he's more than capable with the ball at his feet he can drive with the ball I think Declan Rice and Henderson would make for a great partnership in the right yeah, but even then I know I know he can drive with the ball but his progression numbers and his dribble numbers aren't great so I, I you know I don't think I know what you mean mm-hmm. but I think um with regards to Henderson, I think Henderson for me is one of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Hendo, Hendo, first one of the first names one on the, of the team best sheet. Midfielders in the league, in my opinion. One of the best midfielders in the world. Should be, should be captain of the should be captain of the team, in my opinion. Definitely, yeah, Kane. definitely as well. Yeah. I stand by that. Henderson, Henderson, captain leader legend, mate. Get him in the team. And if um, if if Liverpool had won the Champions League last year, mate, he was getting Ballon d'Or. <laughs> 
he was. If, if Henderson yeah. was like called, it's, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but if he was called Hendersonino, and um, he had a bit of a cool background and stuff, and he wasn't Jordan Henderson from Sunderland, uh, he'd be rated a lot more. But because he's Jordan Henderson from Sunderland, he's not rated as much. And it's because he, but I think Henderson, apart from like Harry Kane, and I'd say his first name on the team sheet for me because I think um, he would just be the anchor to the whole team. So Henderson and Rice, I think, would go brilliantly together in that double pivot, in my opinion. Daniel. <sighs> For me, Declan Rice has to be in the start. Mate. Oh. Mate. I'm sorry. From what from what I've seen of him this season, and I've seen a lot of West Ham. My mum's a West Ham fan, so I've, it's been on the telly. Mm-hmm. He's been unbelievable this season. Like he. West Ham are seventh. I think they're two points behind Liverpool. They're above Chelsea in the league. And I completely disagree with your point of Suchek. I know Suchek's a guy who runs in the box and maybe gets a goal, but Declan Rice does everything in that midfield. He wins the ball, he distributes it, he drives forward. Like I'm not sure about his like ball carries and ball progressions, but from what I've seen, he's I think he's more technically gifted at his feet than Calvin Phillips. Oh, shut up. Are you serious? No, I, I, I might actually agree with that. Really. That is a disgrace. Oh, my God. Calvin <laughs> Phillips, man. I'll let you have your say. That's fine. But Calvin Phillips with the ball at his feet. Oh, my goodness. He's just yeah, immense. He's unbelievable football. Like, literally, he has played incredibly this season. And the system that Leeds play, I just don't think... He would integrate. I don't think Calvin Phillips would integrate himself into that England squad in the same way that Declan Rice could just slot in there. I think I think he would, and I think and the only reason I say it is because I think Leeds players as well. Bielsa demands so much in terms of fitness and the. Um, the, the the athleticism. I, look, Rice Rice is a very is is very athletic in terms of um getting around the pitch, and he gives a lot of energy. But I think to play in that lead system, you need to be drilled um extremely extremely hard, and the fitness needed to play in that lead system, um consistently as well. Um, which Calvin Phillips has done for the last two and a half years. And he's basically Bielsa. You know, without Calvin Phillips, that lead system doesn't work. Um, he's such a unique player, and for me, again, I think. Tom, you mentioned about the fullbacks pushing up, and one of the, be- uh, the the beautiful things about Calvin Phillips and the way that Leeds play is that you know when fullbacks push up, Calvin Phillips just sits back and he can anchor in that centre back position. I think he offers cover at centre back. Look, I I accept when I was emphasising the brilliance of Calvin Phillips, I was probably a bit harsh on Declan Rice, and I actually had Declan Rice in my squad originally, um, but for me, I just think. Um, Look, I just think Declan Rice is defunct in the fact that you just don't need to take him. Like you don't need to take him. I think he's he's a he's a great player. Um I don't think he's I don't think he's um I've seen him being linked with United and everything, and I don't think that's the right move, in my opinion, for United or for Rice. But I just think he's defunct in the sense that you don't need him. And I think England have a tendency to pick um necessarily in in sense of they pick um who they think the best players are instead of thinking what the best thing for the team is and i think calvin phillips just for me he ticks every single box and he's amazing i will give you that like how unique calvin phillips is like so valuable as well like, yeah just there's i i also agree like there's no point bringing the same type of players because like once there was one world cup back in the day where we brought like, we had Harry Kane, Danny Ings, and I can't, I can't remember who, but we had, like, Vardy, Ings, and Callum Wilson, who were, like, almost all three of the same players. 
And this was when Andy Carroll was like in his Oh life. no, and I knew this was gonna come into this episode. <laughs> I knew we were gonna get an Andy Carroll shout. <laughs> I just knew it. I knew it. Why why would you ever Don't tell me you're you're seriously thinking we should take Andy Carroll. Mate, did you see him in the FA Cup against Arsenal? He was so yeah, bad. Sorry, he was. Andy Carroll was a He was awful. But, um, this was Andy Carroll about eight years ago. But I'm just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you need a different like, option. I get it. Callum Wilson, Danny Ings, and mm-hmm. Vardy. Yeah. When at the time Andy Carroll, like bringing on Andy Carroll in the last ten minutes, just win headers and stuff. Like, there's no, and that's why Calvin Phillips is good because there's no point bringing duplicate best players. Mm-hmm. But but what I was going to say as well though Even like what I'll say about Rice is I would have taken Rice I was doing the stats the other day Like I would have taken Rice Rice would have been my pick But I looked at the stats and I just thought In terms of I just thought Calvin Phillips He statistically outperforms him And he's in my opinion Again football subjective He's a, he's a better ball player He's a better passer He's a better distributor And he's better to anchor in a midfield I think Rice I actually think I agree with you, Tom, in the sense that he could play beside Henderson. But I think the way that my formation is, I want Phillips at the base anchoring that midfield. And I just think Phillips is better suited to that. I but, think if I was playing your system, I'd mm-hmm. probably play Calvin Phillips and yeah. Declan Rice and yeah. Carroll as well. Mm-hmm. So I think we can... System, so. Yeah, <laughs> but I think we can I think we can come to agreement on the fact that it's, it's probably... I think it will probably be um, Declan Rice. But um, I want Calvin Phillips. But I think... There's not too many other shouts, I don't think, for DM, really. Yeah, I, um, I think Outside James of those two. James or Prowse has had a few call-ups, but I would mm-hmm. be quite well, it's, well, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. We'll get we'll get on to we'll get on to centre midfielders in a minute. Um, have you got James or Prowse? Mate, wait, hold on. You you know you haven't <laughs> you haven't let so centre midfielders. <laughs> um, who have you got? For, wait, so for my centre midfielders, I think I've when it comes to the centre midfield position, I've got four players that could potentially play in this position. But this is because this my midfield, to get the balance right in this midfield has been very, very difficult to me. It's probably been the most difficult thing to pick. But I have got four guys that could play in this potential position, but could also play in another position in my midfield. Um, so I'll let you guys start with your midfielders. Um Tom, I'll let you start because you're you've only got one midfielder left, I think. Yeah, so I've got um three players which can yeah. play in this spot. Mm-hmm. I've got um Madison, James Madison, yep. uh, Phil Foden, mm-hmm. and Mason Mount yeah. playing this spot. Yeah. Uh Dan I think they all have to go on the play, in my opinion. Yeah. Dan um, who if I like kind of centre mid box to box role. Yeah. I've got Henderson, mm-hmm. Mason Mount, mm-hmm. I've got Saka in there as like a last ditch kind of thing. Yeah. And then I've got Barkley, but Barkley's very much up in the air. Barkley's yeah. like my 23rd name on the mm-hmm. team sheet. Yeah. I think Barkley does provide some sort of value in that box to play. Mm-hmm. Do you know what makes him out? I actually really like that Barkley yeah, shout. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, I actually really like that Barkley shout. Um, my so for this this position, this position that I'm talking about, this is Hendo's position. So Hendo's going to be starting, but then in terms of other midfielders that I got that could play in this role, I've got. Because I, I want them to be a bit more floating, so they're almost like three sixes, maybe potentially eights. But Hendo's really like a six. Um, I got Mason Mount, I got James Madison, I got Jordan Henderson, and 
really this is kind of the understudy to hendo in this role this specific role is james ward prowse um and i'll tell you why i've got james ward prowse and i think to discount ward prowse like that is actually pretty scandalous because he's been having a phenomenal one he's been having an absolutely phenomenal season um but also tom i know look i know you don't know him unlike me and dan who know him you know (laughs) Who, who who know him personally so there is a bit of a there is a obviously there's a bit of a bias there because we're actually good friends with James Ward Prowse but when I met him when I met him and um he he'd actually come to the game to watch Daniel play in midfield um to learn from him but but when I met him I said look you've got a you know you've got to improve like you're in the England squad and everything and you're out and he was kind of saying yeah I'm, I'm aiming to get there in 2020 euros and everything um, and obviously, he's going to get there for 2021 because he's been superb this season. Um, now, but the thing is, what I would say about James Ward-Prowse um, and is five goals and four assists this season um, in all competitions in a Southampton team that have been playing very, very well. But um, he's versatile. 7.5 recoveries per 90, 3.2 tackles and interceptions per 90, 1.6 key passes per 90. He's played every minute for Southampton this season in a system that demands a lot from their players. And he has had some brilliant performances against the top teams. He was exceptional against Liverpool. He was brilliant against Everton. He was really good against Man United, even though they lost the game. He can take set pieces. And against Villa as well, he was superb. And Villa have been really good this season. Um, and he's he's a leader in that Southampton team. He's Ralph Harsenhutl's first name on a team sheet. I just think he's... I, I, I genuinely think he's superb. And that's why I'd take James Ward-Prowse. is like another heavily overlooked like trait like aspect of yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. In a six in a like a six seven game tournament mm-hmm. you're gonna cause like England in the World Cup we scored how many goals from corners? About four four or five goals from corners? Yeah. Yeah. And in such a short space of time, literally every single corner, every single free kick that can be the difference maker in like getting a goal in the game. Yeah. Having that with in James Will Prowse is very valuable for England. So I've got nothing against you bringing him on the plane. He's coming on the plane. He's not starting. Yeah, he's coming on the plane. And he was, like you said about Barkley, he was my 23rd pick. I kind of got to the end and I was like, who's, it's almost like the wild card, I guess. And that would be, yeah. that James Will Prowse was my pick. Do you want to talk a bit about Barkley, Dan? Because I think Barkley's an interesting shout. I was actually tempted to put him in, but just because he's been injured for a while and um, I don't think he's quite... He doesn't quite make my team. But, Dan, go ahead and talk about Ross Barkley. I mean, when Villa were really like starting to like impose their play on the Premier League, it was when Barkley was like in peak form. Like, yeah. Really like yeah. getting to grips. Him, Grealish, like, they were all linking up. Um, but like in that 7-2 game, he was brilliant, yeah. Yeah. And he can play he can play Cam as well, which mm-hmm. I think helps. So he's got a bit of versatility. And he's he's always been knocking on the door for me and I thought why not just give him a chance? And he's always done he's always done quite well for England when he's played. Um Yeah, he's always done well for England as well. And he's been also just another thing like integrated in the setup. I really do think that's like important, like Knowing the other players, like playing, having experience playing with the other players, is another valuable thing. And Barkley's, Barkley's been doing that for years. Yeah, and Southgate clearly, clearly likes him as well. Trusts him. 
think uh, Barkley, I think Barkley, especially with the form he's had this season, I know he's been injured, but, but particularly at the start of the season, I think he has got a very good chance of going, particularly because Southgate likes him. Yeah. I think I didn't say who I was starting. I'm starting Foden in the number 10 role. Yeah. Just because I think that Foden is outstanding. I think he's, by a mile, the best youngster, in the, best young player in the league. Yeah, and agreed. everything about him, I like, he's such an intelligent footballer, off the ball movement, he's got technical ability, tight space dribbling, like, can score his weak foot he showed the other week. I think Foden's exceptional. I yeah. think Will Prowse, like you said, I think Will Prowse is a good player. Yeah. I don't, I just don't, I don't think he's England quality, in my opinion. I that's think, that's um, fine, I, I get that, yeah. I think the set-piece argument is valid, but he's also, he's not starting for either of you. Well, the set piece, the set piece thing for me isn't the isn't the key. I think the the key for me is that he's always fit. Um, he's played every minute of the season in a in a very high demand system, and then just in terms of like he's played really well against high le- high quality opposition as well, which I think is is quite quite an important point. And obviously, I've said I've said my piece on James Ward Prowse. So yeah, yeah. Well, he can he can play right back. I don't think he can play left back, but he's very versatile. Um, Tom. What about so you you've also got Mason Mount and James Madison who I've got as well and Dan have you got Mason Mount and James Madison? I've got Mount. I don't have a Madison. Tom, do you want to talk a bit about Madison Mount and do you want to talk about Mount and Madison for me? I think Madison. I think Madison's done very well in his recent form and I think yeah. I think he's been left out of a couple of England squads recently so he's done well to play himself back into the form. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's getting adding goals to his game recently which I like. I think Madison's a very very nice footballer. Just very intelligent. He's not. He's different. To, there was always the debate with Madison and Greedish. Yeah, I think they're slightly different players. They're very different. I think I've always said I thought Madison was a bit more complete in the sense that he can probably play more roles in a midfield than Jack Greedish can. But I don't think there's any debate about who's had a better season. Yeah, I think I think Madison. Um, he's, I think Madison's got more goal contributions than Greedish this season. I don't think he, he. I don't think he has. He's got. He's definitely got more goals. Yeah, no, he's got he's got six goals and six assists. I think Grealish got five goals and nine assists. Um, like but that, also, yeah. Grealish's minutes per goals and assists is better, which I was going to touch on, but I'll let you keep talking. Um, yeah, I think, I think Madison's just, like like you say, he's a very complete midfielder. I think he has a lot to his game. I think he's a good, good passer, good dribbler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's good at set pieces as well, James Madison. He can score goals. I think he's a very complete footballer. But I think it would have been very, it'll be very unjust and unfair if James Madison was playing such a pivotal role now less than what is un- undeniably now a title charge. Yeah. Um, if Whether you think they're going to go the whole way, I don't. But um, they're definitely in with a shout. I think to not bring James Madison in the form he's currently in, mm-hmm. I think it would be very unfair. I think there's a lot to his game. And I think if Foden were to get injured, I think he'd probably be next in that number 10 role for me. I think if it was number 8, so I'd be playing Mount. Yeah. But, um, so... I think Madison's better. I think mm-hmm. Madison and Foden are better in that number 10 yeah. role. So I'll let you've touched on Madison. I'll let Dan talk about Mason Mount, and then I'll give my take um, on them both. So Dan, tell me about Mason Mount. Mason Mount, like just the energy he provides to the team, I think is so integral. Like he's always like getting about the pitch, like trying to pick up the ball, trying to make things happen. Another thing that's very important, like trying to make things happen, trying to get on the ball. And I think he just he works with the balance of the team because he can kind of play any role like in that midfield. Like you can, you, as a manager, you can tell him what to do, and you know he'll just do it. Yeah. And I think Mason Mount underrated going forward as well. I think he's got quite. I'm not sure about his key pass stats. You know, I'm more of an an eye eye test kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
for me, Mason Mount, like, just the energy he brings, and he's been, I think he's been Chelsea's best midfielder, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Probably over the last, and I'm pretty sure he was Frank Lampard's most played player in that first season of Chelsea as well. Yeah. Like, he got the most minutes under, the, under his belt. Mm-hmm. And I think, literally, his growth has just been, like, it's just been going up. Like, he hasn't stopped, like, getting better. And he's getting get he's getting goals in his game, and I just think with with Hendo, they just provide the best balance yeah. for that that midfield trio for me. So, um, I've got I mean I haven't my midfield trio is quite complicated because I got a lot of midfielders in there. Um, with Mount and Madison, what I'd say about James Madison, I think Tom's done James Madison um, justice with his kind of. Um, brief overview of his season and you know Tom as always gives a very eloquent account of players um I think the one thing I would add about James Madison is that since him and Wilfred Ndidi have come back into that Leicester team they have been so much better they have been um very very good and I I do think they are definitely in the title race um and with you know especially that performance against Chelsea the other night was um very very impressive um, but yeah, James Madison, I think for me, he would again be fighting for this kind of three, six slash eight role, but it's quite hard to describe if you haven't, um, and I haven't got onto my cam yet even, um, but he could deputize in either of those roles. Mason Mount, I think is probably one of those players that football Twitter don't rate because he doesn't get goals and assists, but he's, I'd say he's the kind of the best example of a player that doesn't need to get goals and assists to make valuable contributions to the team. Um, And I think a lot of people kind of take the mick out of the fact that, you know, Frank Lampard loves him and Gareth Southgate loves him. But there's a reason that they both, as managers, love Mason Mount. And it's because, like Daniel said, he, you know, whatever you tell him to do, he's going to do it. He's going to run all day. He's going to give everything for the team. And he has got a bit of quality. Like he can score, he can score a good goal. He can he can create. I know he's only got one assist this season, I think, but he can still create and he plays a lot of minutes. He's always fit. He's always available um, and he's reliable. Um, and especially in big games, I think Mount is usually uh, a good performer in big games. I can remember, I say last season against Tottenham at Wembley, I thought he was um, phenomenal. And, you know, I think in the FA Cup, he was really good for Chelsea on their run to the final as well. So um, I'd say, yeah, Mason Mount, um, has to be there, but wouldn't be starting for me. Um, to get onto my cam, my third midfielder, that would be Phil Foden. And for all the reasons that Tom um, articulated as well, because Phil Foden is just is just brilliant. Um, and h- him coming into that Man City team um, and playing as the sort of uh, as one of the creators to kind of replace David Silva, he's been exceptional, and he's been part of the reason why Man City have been in such good form recently. Um, so, I guess that's basically the midfields wrapped up. If you want to go through what your midfield would be, Tom and then Daniel. Um, my midfield is um, Beckham, Rice and Jordan Henderson in a double pivot yep. with Phil Foden as the number 10. I am aware that Phil Foden has been playing left wing, but I don't yeah. think he's that intelligent mm-hmm. player that he can just adapt to that camera like, yeah. you know, like anything. So, yeah, yeah that would be my midfield. Daniel? Uh, Declan Rice at the end with Hendo and Mount. Mm-hmm. Can I just quickly mention a player that has Well, been we'll do we'll do honourable mentions. We'll do honourable yeah, mentions. Yeah. Oh, my midfield three is Calvin Phillips, Jordan Henderson, and Phil Foden. Um, 
Honourable mentions, Tom, kick us off. Um, these two will not... Well, one of them might get on the plane because he's been in the last England squad, Jude Bellingham. Oh, but, uh, mate, don't. I wouldn't have him in the squad, don't get me wrong. I think Jude Bellingham, and a player that never gets talked about in terms of England youngsters, but is actually very, very good, is Jamal Musiala. Yeah, 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 that is a, that is a very good shout, yeah. I think... I, the Bayern Munich, the Bayern Munich kid. Yeah, yeah. Never talked about, literally no one, probably a lot of people listening to this don't even know who he is yet. At 17 years old, and I've, he's played a, quite a lot of games for Bayern Munich. He's played 12, I think, in the Bundesliga, and he scored three goals this season um, in midfield. Yeah. yeah. And in the Champions League games I've watched him, he is a fantastic player. He can dribble, he, can, he makes the right decisions. He's a very, very good player. But he won't be in this squad, but watch, uh, I'd say in the next England squad, he'll be there for sure, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you never know how things are going to unfold. I think Jude Bellingham, I know you don't rate him, Maury. Well, it's not. It's not. It's not that I don't rate him. I. I think. I just think he's. He was massively overhyped at Birmingham. Like everyone was kind of going on about Jude Bellingham, and like he played. Look, obviously, I don't. I. I don't watch Birmingham, so I can't give you a big account on how well he's performed. And I haven't seen him play too much for Dortmund either. So I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I've seen him play loads. But I just think everyone was kind of going on about how good he was and everything. And his numbers. And again, this is the only way that I can judge Bellingham because I haven't watched him um, that many times. I've only watched him a couple times. Um, and even that, they're kind of like fragmented bits from some Borussia Dortmund highlights. Um, I think with Bellingham, like. I just thought his numbers looked very average and for like he looked like a decent championship player. That's what his numbers said to me, that he was a decent championship player. He wasn't and he hadn't kind of specialised in any position. He'd played kind of like 10 games here. So 10 games, say, at the base of midfield and then three games on the right and three games on the left and, you know, 10 games more advanced and eight games deeper. So I just thought he didn't seem to know what his position was and he you know, scored, I think, four goals and got two assists in like 38 games in the championship, which I thought was very average. But I appreciate he's a 16-year-old, um, or he was 16 last season when he was at Birmingham. But, I mean, honourable mention, I would... The only other one that I could really think of, because I kind of covered everybody that I could for the midfield, and I think even having James Ward-Prowse, I accept that that is kind of potentially a bit of a stretch, but I just wanted to kind of have all my options covered, um, is Curtis Jones at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Curtis Jones was the yeah he was my only honourable mention really uh, Dan I don't know like obviously for me he's nowhere near the plane but like again yeah. going on this hype of the youngsters mm-hmm. why is Curtis Jones just being left out yeah. like yeah. not as good as like Sam and um, Greenwood and Foden obviously he's not as good as them <laughs> almost as if like yeah. every time he's played for Liverpool he's actually performed well he fits in he fits in very well into that squad he doesn't look out of place when he plays yeah so yeah I just wanted to touch on Curtis Jones yeah. now I feel like he's slightly disrespected in like the English youngsters hype but he doesn't really get mentioned mm-hmm. not as disrespected as Jamal Wiesiara <laughs> All right, so that's that's midfield's done. Front three. Um, I think there's this could be a bit contentious, but um, Tom, talk me through your front. Talk me through your forwards, basically. Who have you picked? And then tell me the front three you're going for. I've got these players as my forwards. So I've got Kane, Grealish, Rashford, Mm -hmm. Sterling, Sancho, Calvert-Lewin. 
And then Saka, I put him in my forwards list, but like you can play him in a lot of positions. Mm-hmm. And my starting front three will be Greenish on the left, yeah. Kane up top, mm-hmm. and then Rashford or Sterling on the right wing. And I'm going to decide that purely based on who's in better form going mm-hmm. into the Euros. All right, right but, now it's yeah. Rashford. But... Dan, who have you got? So, Tell me about all your forwards and then your front so three. I've got Grealish, Kane, Rashford, Sancho, Foden, Saka can do a job there, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well. Yeah. All right, so for my forwards, I've got Grealish, Sterling, Sancho, Kane, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Marcus Rashford. And then for my front three, I've gone with Rashford on the left, Kane up top, and Sterling on the right. And... That was a very, very difficult thing for me to do, leaving Jack Grealish out. Um, my, my top three is Sterling on the left, mm-hmm. Kane on top, and Rashford on the right. Yeah. I've left Jack Grealish as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say something. I know Tom's kind of, you know, going to be... Ve- Tom's very upset with me at the moment, I can I'm tell. Upset with I'm upset with myself as well, but I think the biggest thing about the Wait, Grealish... Who's your front three? Sorry. But in a different, in a different, like he's rejigged it. Yeah. Um. So the thing is, for me, and this is gonna upset Tom even more. Grealish isn't even the the hardest decision for me in that front three was leaving Jaden Sancho out. It wasn't leaving Jack Grealish out. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is with Grealish, yeah. What I'll say about Grealish. So I'm gonna just give you all the stats and why I feel so bad about leaving him out. Most chances created in the league. 84 minutes per goal and assist this season, 2.9 dribbles per 90, 3.7 key passes per 90. F- I think it's f- 14 goals and assists in the league. And, you know, arguably, you know, you could they could you could even make shouts that he's been the best player in the Premier League this season, given the team that he plays for um, and how pivotal he is to Aston Villa. But for me, the best the best team doesn't always consist of the best players. Um which is why I've left Jack Grealish out because I don't think in a front three Jack Grealish is going to fit in the best and um, I don't think um, I think sometimes you have to sacrifice some players for the good of the team and I just think as a front three Rashford, Kane and Sterling is much more free-flowing than if you have Jack Grealish in there because I've always said this about Jack Grealish everything goes through him at Aston Villa so his numbers experience a spike and that is not to suggest he wouldn't do it at a big club or anything like that. It's just to say everything goes through Jack Grealish at Aston Villa. Whereas these guys... And Grealish is such a maverick player. He is not... You know, he plays left wing, but he is not like your classic left winger. He He's like a... He's, he's almost like a Phil Foden when... Or he's like Phil Foden when Phil Foden's playing left wing. So to leave Grealish out of the front three was very painful for me to do because I think he's been exceptional this season. And arguably on form, you know, the, the best forward out of uh, barring Kane, he's he's been the best forward. But that's why that's why I'd leave him out. Yeah. Tom, I'm gonna let you talk for a bit and vent your anger and do whatever you want to do. <laughs> I'm not like I do understand what you guys are saying. Yeah, I think in my system it probably works a bit better with Grealish on the left, just because I've got a bit more defensive solidity. Yeah, maybe than what you guys. Yeah, think. I agree with that. Yeah, but um, I think. Grealish and Foden and they'll play together and the interchange in between that number 10 left wing position and I think it'll be great and I think what England are somewhat, are somewhat missing from their last couple of um, squads is that play with the X factor 
yeah. it's very hard to describe it. It's that player who can get on the ball, yeah. take on a couple of players, and literally just make something happen. And I think another thing about Grealish... Yeah, and we've got yeah. that with Jadon Sancho. Um... <laughs> no, he's not. The Grealish... Sancho is... I mean, Sancho is very good, but like... Jadon Sancho... Jadon Sancho is a better player than Jack Grealish. He is, he is. No, he is, he is. No, it's ridiculous. No, I'm, I'm sorry, but like this, Jack Grealish is great, yeah, but Jaden Sancho is a better player than him. Last season, Jaden Sancho got 40 goals and assists, yeah, and J- Jack Grealish got 15. Um, Everybody is too reactionary on Jaden Sancho. And this season, by the way, Jaden Sancho, yeah, I've seen football Twitter have, have been kind of, uh, have destroyed Jaden Sancho, and everyone's made to believe that he's having a bad season. He's having a great season. 17 goals and assists. 17 goals and assists in 23 games, and he's probably been the best winger in the Bundesliga this season, but apparently he's having a bad season. It's ludicrous. Dan, you were going to say something. Yeah, I got absolutely dragged into that because I thought Jadon Sancho wasn't having a good season. Yeah. And I had a look at his numbers. Mate, like, his numbers are phenomenal. Because I, I heard that he wasn't even playing at Dortmund. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but on the Jack Grealish thing, yeah. he doesn't make my front three purely on the basis that, like, Jack Grealish is a phenomenal player. Yeah. But for me, I'm all about the balance. Yes. Yeah. Balance is so important. And for me, what Kane's always had this, but Kane Kane is my striker in case anyone. But um, <laughs> don't think there's any debate about that one. Yeah. Kane's crea- I almost think Jack Grealish's creativity will almost impede Kane's creativity in the fact that if Kane drops in and gets the ball and turns, he's looking up and he's seeing Jack Grealish next to him who's also dropping in. Man, it's, such, it's such a good point. It is actually such a good point. Like Kane, <laughs> Kane is like the most vital player in this England side. Yes, 100%. This is why I've also... Because I've got Hendo and Mount as like my two centre mids. Yeah. And the reason... They don't have the most creativity because the thing is, I want all my creativity to go through Kane and I want runners on Kane. And there's no better two players. This is also kind of why Sancho doesn't really make it. Yeah. Is that Rashford and Sterling are, the, for me, the most clinical yeah. players in the fact that Sterling's goal-scoring ability is um, also very underrated. And Rashford's goal-scoring ability, obviously, plays up front sometimes. Like, But imagine Kane getting on the ball and you've got Rashford and Sterling running off him. Yeah. You've got kind of going in behind. And for me, that's the reason that Almost Jack Grealish could be a detriment to Harry Kane, and Kane could be a de- like, I think you can't play Kane and Grealish in the same team, as in that they're a detriment to each other in the fact on getting on the ball and picking it up. And then, because the thing is, in these games, you need players, you need runners, mm-hmm. you need. But also, I think the thing is with Grealish as well is in that Villa system, he is very protected. And it's geared... I mean, this is the thing again with Grealish. I, I, I feel like I'm slating him too much because he has been amazing this season. But that Villa system is literally built around Jack Grealish. Like, it is built to get the best out of Jack Grealish. It is, it is built for everything to go through Jack Grealish. Um, but then if you take him out, I'm not saying he's a system player. Well, no, I am saying he's a system player. He, 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 is, he is... But he is the system. That's the thing. Whereas at England, he's not the system. He's just Jack Grealish. And I completely agree with you in terms of if Kane is, you know, dropping deeper, perhaps picking the ball up on the turn and looking for runners, Jack Grealish isn't really that guy, in my opinion. And I think you need guys that can play as inverted forwards in a 4-3-3. And Rashford and Sterling tick all those boxes for me. And I think Rashford has been phenomenal this season. 
Um, probably, I would say United's second best player after Bruno Fernandes. Um, and Raheem Sterling is just... I love Raheem Sterling. I think he's just amazing. He's world-class. He has been for the last three or four years now. He is just brilliant. In about the past half a decade has been the most criminally underrated footballer yeah. in the world. Tom, you've, right, you've, you, Tom, you've gone very silent. Well, no, I'm just letting you guys think. <laughs> I think it's scandalous that Grealish has been left out of your starting eleven. No, let go, go on. You talk, you talk, you talk. I think Foden, I think Foden's capable of these off-the-ball runs that you're talking about as well. I think Foden's off-the-ball runs are very, very good and he'll get a lot of um, joy out of these Kane um, dropping in passes. So you could even swap like Grealish into Cam and Foden left wing if you wanted. But I just think Grealish, what, what we miss as well is sometimes an outlet. I don't. I think you might think on the face of it that um, Rashford and Sterling are more outlets than um, Grealish, but they're not because Grealish is someone that's going to take the ball down, win a foul, get get you up the pitch a little bit more. Yeah, but I think Rashford. I think Rashford can do that as well. No, I think Grealish. No, I know what I know what you mean, but I do think Rashford. Rashford is very good running at people. Um, like it's probably why he's best. I, I think he's why he's so adept on playing playing out wide instead of up front. Because Rashford is is better. He's not he's not great playing on the turn. He's better with the ball at his feet and running at people. He's he's that that's that's his that's his strength. But I do I do agree to an extent with what you're saying about Grealish. But I think we got like if you got Phil Foden in the team, I think Phil Foden can bring the ball up from deep as well. Um, you got a great progressor in Phil Foden. Um, and I just think Grealish is, is is almost too much... What I'm saying effectively is he's too much of a luxury to fit in to this to my team. To my team. But, you know, it's my... I think to me, mm. I think Grealish is just that maverick player that England have been missing. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, he'll win, I think he will win us games where we maybe wouldn't have won those games, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I just think... I think Grealish... I think, you, I think you're right, Rory, in that you could say he's probably been one of the best players in the league this season. Yeah. I think in your guys' systems, I probably wouldn't have Grealish in this one. Yeah. But in this 4 3 one I think Grealish fits a lot better. Mm-hmm. And just from... I think he's arguably the best player in the league this season. Yeah. I think you could really go yeah. that far. No, I do think you could and go that far as well, which is why I'm... I think yeah. it's almost impossible to leave him out, in my opinion. No, you can't. I mean, he has to be in the squad, which is even. I mean, knowing Gareth Southgate and Jack Grealish, there's even a question mark that he'll make the squad because you know if Southgate. He the, if he does make the squad, I want Southgate sacked before the year. <laughs> no, but that is the thing. Like that would be it. Would be a scandalous decision to leave him out of of the squad. But I don't even think it's that impossible that he gets left out due to the fact that Southgate seems to have some personal vendetta against Jack Grealish. I think. I think Grealish, but I think as well, the options coming off my bench being Grealish, um, Sancho and Dominic Calvert-Lewin are all fantastic options. I think yeah. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a real asset to this squad as well because he, he, he gives you something different. You, if you don't have Dominic Calvert-Lewin on your plate, that's all I'm saying. You need him on your plate. Yeah, he's... I, I mean, the thing is, with Calvert-Lewin, obviously Kane is great in the air as well, but Calvert-Lewin... Kane, look, the thing is with Kane, he's so complete that he can kind of do it all. He can battle. Yeah. He can play with the ball at his feet. He can score a thirty-yard screamer, which I don't think Calvert Lewin's really got in his game. He's more of a box. He's more of a penalty box striker, I would say. But he can he can hold the ball up. But I I don't see him scoring too many goals from outside the box. Um, but I think the thing is with Calvert Lewin, what he gives you is he gives you he gives you energy and he's gonna fight like um and he's brilliant in the air and he'll win a lot and he'll make it stick and he's done quite well when he's been in. 
he's been in the recent squads, and I think he's 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 bagged a couple of goals, I think, as well, and he's he's done all right. Like, um, but I just think he's been really good this season as well, so you can't really leave him out. Tom and Dan. Yeah, yeah, let Dan. Substitution for that team because the thing is, at that time, you'll have like for me anyway, you'll have Bruce James, Chilwell bombing up, and you'll just be pinging balls in the box. And Calvert Lewin's hold up play this season has been incredible like, literally, everything goes through him at Everton. Like, he holds up the ball, and the whole team just gets brought up. And I think he, like, his jumping ability is on par with Ronaldo. I'm saying it here first. You know when those players have, like, basketball hops, like, where they just hang in the air? Yeah. possesses that ability. Mate, the Ronaldo, the Ronaldo one, even though I'm not Ronaldo's biggest fan, that one against Sampdoria, where he just literally just hangs in the air for, like, you know, like, two seconds is just amazing. Like, that header is so good. It's a joke. It's it is. Joke. It is a joke. Like... But for me, Calvert-Lewin has that same kind of jump in which he hangs and, like, he's so good in the air. No, he is like, brilliant in the air. He is brilliant in the air. Bringing Danny Ings, like Danny Ings has had amazing season last year. Kind of tough to like leave him out, but what you're not going to bring on Danny Ings to change a game? Now he's too. I think yeah. I think he's too. He's just he's just too much of a. He he. So hard to say because he's not. But yeah, he's not. He's not a. He's not a Harry Kane. Like it's it's not like he's exactly similar to Harry Kane, but. He's not he's not a Calvert Lewin either. He is just a goal scorer, I think. And he can yeah. score. The good thing about Ings is again, I th- I don't think Calvert Lewin can really score too many goals outside of the box. Danny Ings can score from anywhere, and he will give defenders a really hard time. But I just think, I think he's got seven goals and three assists this season in thirteen games, which is still good. But I always think as well with Ings, there's always question marks over fitness, and I just don't think he's the most reliable guy um, to take in a squad where you need everybody to to be sharp and fit and I just don't know if Ings can do that but um, I do feel a bit bad leaving him out at the same time I think one guy that I would have liked to brought on the plane but he's not coming is Tammy I would have liked to bring Tammy yeah I think Tammy would be a good option but again I think yeah. he would be a good option off the bench but yeah. realistically Lewin is much better in the air yeah. much better at hold up yeah. play, and he's going to offer something different and you don't want to bring three centre forwards if yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, you can. That's the good thing as well. And the thing about Grealish is, I, I'm, I could, um, you could deploy Grealish in the midfield in the Foden role that I've got. You could deploy Rashford up front. You could even, you know, at a push, you could deploy Raheem Sterling up front if it really came to it. If you were really, you know, you really got hit by injuries. Um, but I think the good thing about this England team and a lot of the players that we put in, there's a lot of versatility. Um, yeah. Any, I mean, I. Yeah, I left out Saka. I left out Saka. Um, I think Saka's a bit mm-hmm. of a must-go on the plane, just because of his ah, versatility. Mate, not f- not for not for me, not for me. You've got a lot of versatility. Yeah, well, I have a lot of versatility, and at the same time, I I know Daniel's got him in for left back, but I actually don't think he's quite good enough to to really just in in a in your in the Euros, I don't think he's good enough at left back for me to play at left back. Like, I actually wouldn't have left back as one of the positions that he he could play. I could have him in the Foden role. I really liked him last season when he played a couple games in a sort of number 10. Um, I know the Brighton game, which was quite famous because it got memed, but I think that was the one where he hit the bar and he he had yeah, he had yeah. and he had a really good game in that kind of number 10 role. Um, that was that was the Mopey. 
Yeah. Uh, Dan Byrne will have shamed against Amon This was the Mope game. Where yeah. This was the. This is the tie. Thank. Thanks for the NHS, Mope. You're a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 that Brighton game. And when Pepe scored, and they were all doing the celebration, and then like, and then at the end as well, like DT takes off his mic. He's like, I'm going. I'm going. And he's like, and he's, yeah. He's like, DT, please tell me you're lying. DT, you're lying. Oh, he's not lying. <laughs> When he changes and he's like, oh, he's not lying. <laughs> and he's like, and look who it was. It was Mope. <laughs> oh, that is honestly, on a, that is like the most iconic thing to have come out of lockdown, in my opinion. Like, um, but no, I left Saka out just because um, I just don't, I look, I like Saka. I think he's a great young player. Like, I really do think he's great. And I, I actually, I don't even want to say great young player. I think he's a great player. Forget, regardless, you know, if you're good enough, um, you don't have to be, you know, if you're good enough to play, then age doesn't really matter. Um, but I think, I just think Saka isn't quite good enough to get into this squad. There's another, there, in terms of honourable mentions, I don't know if you guys want to go with some honourable mentions first and then I'll add some in. So I'll let you guys do some honourable mentions. Um, um. Yeah, one of my honourable mentions, I think he's very unlucky not to make the squad with the form he's in, is Harvey Barnes. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Harvey Barnes has been playing absolutely excellently in this season. He's getting goals, he's getting assists. I keep on seeing it, and of course you've got him in your fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see Harvey Barnes getting goals. I'm like, for God's sake, man, Harvey Barnes is always doing bitchy. Yeah, but do you know what? Do you know what's funny? Do you know what's actually funny? Tom has had a, um, both of you have had amazing weeks, and I'm still like, I'm still within touching distance of Daniel, and Tom was behind me, so. Mate, I'm hoping. Yeah, I've got, I've got um thing Watkins and Callum Wilson, so I'm hoping for like a four-four with a double from both of them. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Mate, Hudson Adoy. I can't, I, do you know what? I have to raise this as well while we're here. You putting Hudson Adoy above Greenwood, like the reactionaries. I don't know what is going on, but like for me, yeah, Hudson Adoy has done all right for Chelsea when he's played this season. Yeah, at points he's been their best player. I will accept that, but to put him above Mason Greenwood, I think is scandalous, Tom. In that. I think it's like I don't think it is because Mason Greenwood, yeah, last season, I think scored 17 goals, yeah. Callum Hudson Odoi hadn't scored a goal in the Premier League. He scored. Mason Greenwood got double figures in the Prem last season, and um, he ch- and he was very important into Man United um, going on that charge after lockdown. Alongside Bruno Greenwood coming into that team instead of Dan James, who's just. You know, the, before I, I don't even want to mention Dan James because I know Daniel Mangan is going to come in and defend Dan James and be like, "Oh, Dan James was good at the start. Like, give him another chance." But like Dan James, Dan James, I honestly don't think Dan James would get in the Whetstone team. Um, like, like Dan James is awful. But um, I'd I'd rather I'd rather play John Barrett than Dan James. Like, being deadly serious. <laughs> um, no, but. 
what I was going to say was, um, no, for me, Greenwood is a much... It, it, he's going through a bad patch, but hudson Adoy has been going through that same bad patch for about two and a half years. Then he has a couple good games off the bench for Chelsea, and suddenly that Frank Khaled guy is, you know, on football Twitter is going, hudson Adoy is a generational player. Like, it's nonsense. hudson Adoy, hudson Adoy, And to even put Greenwood, to put Saka above Greenwood, I would have question marks over that. I admit Saka has been much better than Greenwood this season, but I just think Greenwood's great. And I would have had, I would have taken Greenwood, but there wasn't enough space in the squad just because of his versatility, um, how he can play on the right wing and he can play up front. Yeah, Saka... Well, he could, he could, yeah, he could play his way into the squad if he can find some form. He's definitely got a role to play, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't think um, Hudson Adoy. I don't think Hudson Adoy is like loads better than Greenwood. I was like, I was a bit like either way with that one. I, I think Hudson Adoy is quite underrated as a talent. No, I think Hudson Adoy is a talent. I do think he's a talent, but I just, I think, look, I think he's he's still quite raw. I think if if he was playing under a really good coach, I think he could be an exceptional player. But I just think Greenwood's done a lot more to show that he's actually got ability than Hudson Odoi. And the only thing that grinds me with Hudson Odoi is we're always saying about how good Hudson Odoi could be instead of how good he is. Whereas last season, I think Greenwood was great, and Hudson Odoi has never got to that level, in my opinion. Um, That's fair enough. That and that would be my take on that matter. Yeah, um, Dan, have you got any other honourable mentions for your front three? Uh, yeah. Chuck him out there, Lookman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that as well. I mean, I wouldn't have him on the plane, but I would, I would chuck him out there. Dan, talk to me a bit about Adamola Lookman. I mean, for me as well, Fulham as an Mate, his goal against United was brilliant. What a take. What a take that was. Do you know how many players, you know how many players would just absolutely bottle that kind of opportunity? Yeah. Just one touch, look up, slots it, posting in. And I feel like Lookman's been doing that and he's been getting chances and he's been taking, like him taking on players as well. I feel like just watch, this is, this is my prediction. As the season goes on, mm-hmm. my prediction is that Fulham are going to get better and better. And then the pundits are going to start actually looking at um, Lookman. Yeah. And also, just nothing to do with the Euro squad whatsoever. But Angisa. Mate, I've said. The, oh my goodness. Yeah. Tom, what did I say to you? What did I say to you about Angisa? I said Arsenal should snap up Angisa. Mate, on Twitter, on Twitter, I actually think I tweeted it. Yeah, so I hope this is true. But I have said for so long. I think I said it in the Arsenal podcast as well. Angisa is a baller. He is so good. That ball that he played as well for Adamola Lookman. That was the, a crisp pass. Oh my goodness. Get him an English passport. Get him an English passport and we'll get him. Yeah. No, he's amazing. He is amazing. He can do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Mate. Like, that, yeah. And like, for me, 
so similar to Moussa Dembele for Tottenham. Yeah. Where, like, you know when all the Tottenham players would say, like, oh, who's the best player at Tottenham? And, like, everyone would just say Moussa Dembele. Yeah. And Issa, for me, has that same vibe where, like, he's kind of, like, overshadowed, overlooked. But, like, if you were to go in Fulham and ask who the best player was, for me, there's... Without a doubt, they all say Angisa. Yeah. No, I think Angisa's quality, and I said I said I would have taken him over. Look, I think Thomas Partey has been very good for Arsenal, but I did say I would have signed him in front of Partey just because I thought he was a bet he was a cheaper alternative, maybe not a better player, but a cheaper alternative. But he has been phenomenal, and I think the thing is, I think yeah, but yeah. What about what about in terms of another Fulham player? What about uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek? Yeah, I don't think he's getting in either. I rate him, but... For me, personally, I just feel like Ross Barkley just does a little better in every single aspect. And I think I think they're quite similar players. But, like, I know Ruben Loftus-Cheek has kind of had, like, a centre-forward role. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Barkley is just slightly better in, like, every way possible. I just I think... I think Loftus-Cheek as well, his time's probably... I, I think he's been very unlucky with injuries, and if he was gonna if he was gonna have cemented his place in the England squad, it would have been after that twenty eighteen World Cup. Um, yeah. And he just he's never really he's never really looked convincing enough, just because simply I don't think he's had run of, uh, enough of a run of games, and also he's been he's he's been very unlucky with injuries. But I do think he's a very very good player. Um, do you know one? He's twenty five now. I think I don't think he's that young anymore. Um, I was going to say, in terms of a shout for another forward, um, and this is just, again, he's not going to get anywhere near the squad, but Ivan Tony for Brentford, 21 goals and assists in 23 games in the championship this season. Maybe if you're looking for something a bit different, you could maybe look at Ivan Tony. Um, but that was a bit of a more of an outside-of-the-box shout. Um, do you know much about Ivan Tony, either of you? I've heard the name. I know he's doing well for Brentford, but I don't not know anything. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other honourable mentions. I mean, Ollie Watkins, and Ollie Watkins yeah. I don't know, like Callum Wilson. I don't think personally. Callum I don't think, Wilson, yeah. I mean, he's been. I think he's been involved in about seventy-five percent of Newcastle's goals. Yeah. But Newcastle are on the ropes of going down. Mate, but Newcastle's Newcastle scored about eight goals all season, so you know, like. <laughs> no, I think I think Callum Wilson is actually someone that's probably got a good chance of going just because Southgate. Oh, Southgate loves him, yeah. Southgate loves him. Southgate can't bring Callum Wilson, I think Ollie Watkins, Ollie Watkins can do much more than Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, again, is just, for me, he's just a goal scorer. Whereas Ollie Watkins, Ollie Watkins can play, is a bit more dynamic. And he's actually, he can play, I think Ollie, Ollie Watkins can kind of play on the flanks as well. Um, I know, I think he did it a few times for Brentford um, and he's quite interchangeable. Um, and I just think, like, again, Ollie Watkins, I mean, his game against Liverpool, he was fantastic. When they played um, Palace recently, I remember as well, he had a brilliant game. I don't, I don't, I can't remember if he scored in that, that game or not. But I don't know. It was when El Ghazi, it was when El Ghazi scored a screamer and Tom was fuming because I picked El Ghazi. Um, <laughs> Tom was like, who on earth picks El Ghazi? Like, um, Yeah. Oh yeah, Bamford. I, look again, Bamford. I think is probably probably unlucky to. For me, I didn't even consider him because I just don't rate him that much. But he is having a really good season. Um, 
But it's weird as well because he scored 10 this season, but he's, his best tally in the championship was 13. So, you know, just goes to show. Yeah. And before anyone like, says anything, Vardy's retired from international. Yeah, exactly. Um, any shouts about Vardy coming out of <laughs> retirement? For the, Guarantee, and I'm telling you, Jack Wilshere yeah, has signed for, for Bournemouth. Guarantee you're going to get one guy at the end of the year going, oh, Jack Wilshere should be in the squad. He's amazing. Like, uh, I'm telling you, you will... You yeah, will. You will get. I'm. T- I'm. I'm being deadly serious. You'll get like five guys at the pub, kind of going, "Oh, Jack Wilshere should be in the team. What a player!" Like, <laughs> like he just. There just will be that one guy that will go. Jack Wilshere should be on the plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've kind of covered all the players that we want to mention there, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. if there's any other shouts. We might have missed someone. Um, if we did, uh, and but you know, before David Gorhan says Mikel Antonio, I rate Mikel Antonio a lot, but he's no, he's he's just not getting, he's just not getting on this plane, and neither is Mark Noble, David. So you know, <laughs> I mean, the one other player in my players like that could, like miss out. Yeah, I mean, we've got Keane from Everton, the centre back. Oh, that's actually a really good shout. I, that is a really really good I shout. Mate, I completely forgot about Michael Keane. I would have him in an honourable mention, definitely. You've got, got Keane in honourable mentions, but for me, I think... I'd maybe Zion even... Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I would... I, I I think Keane's a really good shout. I'd even consider him, you know, instead of Mingzy, maybe, but... Um, I feel like people would, like, consider Cody, like, to be... Yeah. Mate, Connor Cody, Connor Cody gets cu- gets carried by Max Kilman and Willy Wally. Yeah. Is Max Max Kilman's English, isn't he? Probably. Yeah, get Max get Max Kilman get Max Kilman in the squad. <laughs> Matthew McAteer, do you remember when Matthew McAteer was so gassed? He was like, "Oh yeah, I got Max Kilman in my team." Like in form. Yeah. Yeah, nah, he wouldn't be going for me either. I don't think he's great, but um, and I don't think I don't actually think Cody gets carried by Max Kilman. Um, but I don't think Cody. I don't think Cody's as good as everyone makes out. No, I guess. I feel like Cody gets mm-hmm. a lot of shine because Carragher likes to mention him on Monday. Yeah, football yeah. Scouts, now I'm not gonna lie. That interview. That interview. I pick him based off that interview alone. That interview was quality. <laughs> Madison was great. Yeah, everyone was loving Madison's interview. <laughs> now that Cody one is top is top tier. Yeah, got man of the match tonight, didn't he? Oh, well, he's right. Yeah. Um. What What else was I going to say? James Tarkovsky. Uh, yeah, he's just another one. I think Ben Mee is also good. Yeah, Ben Mee is. Yeah, they're just bang average though, aren't they? That's so true. <laughs> Mate, the amount of times you see Ben Me chasing someone back, like that is actually so true. Ben Me is always scrambling back. Like he's the last man all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, but the thing is, they're always they're all they James Tarkovsky is like the biggest nearly man all the time. Like it's like, oh, James Tarkovsky could be in the squad, but like he's never gonna get in the squad. Like it, it's always think, like um, another two centre backs that we could just mention that aren't going are Lewis Duncan, Ben White. Oh, Ben White's been playing midfield this year, yeah. So he's not got the chance to show how good he really is. Mate, he's another one. He does, he'll be 
mate, he's another one who's getting ruined by Graham Potter. Who's stinking? Yeah. Who's stinking out the place at Brighton? I'm sick of Chris. Chris Hamill. Chris Hamill's always tweeting. Oh, potable and like. Or oh, imagine not looking at XG, mate. Shut up, honestly. Graham Potter. He's just got rid of Matt Ryan, one of their best ever servants. Like, mate, um, I, I was so happy with that signing because it's one of them ones where you had no idea it was. <laughs> it was so random. I I went on my phone and it's like, oh, Matt Ryan signed for Arsenal. Exactly. Mate, I'd love Brighton to go down and Graham Potter to get the sack. <laughs> Literally, the only reason I watched, I watched Brighton was for Tariq Lanty and Basuma. Yeah, Basuma. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think Anguisa's better than Basuma. Yeah, he is, he is, he is. He's better, but Basuma is still like... He, he could do a job in a, in a top half of the table. Yeah, but remember, Graham Potter didn't want to play him. Like, Graham Potter didn't want to play Yves Basuma. Um... <laughs> Like, but then he just, he, he decided that he had to play him after they got rid of Aaron Moy and they got rid of a couple other, like, you know, they've got such a weird squad, like that guy Alexis McAllister, which is like the weirdest yeah. name, it's just the weirdest name ever. Yeah, no, he's done all right, but it's like, the name just freaks me out, like Alexis <laughs> McAllister. Um, nah, but, um, yeah, I think we've, we, uh, Lewis Dunk, I think, Lewis Dunk, I think, yeah. Yeah, we can. And then there's a couple other things I want to speak about, just in terms of general stuff, but it won't take too long. So I guess, Tom, go 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 through your whole squad and then tell me your starting eleven. Right, my whole squad. Pickford, Pope, Henderson, Shaw, Maguire, Stones, Concert, Kyle Walker, Rhys James and James Justin. In midfield, I've, had, I've got Hendo, Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, Mason Mount, James Madison and Phil Foden. And my forwards are... Kane, Grealish, Rashford, Sterling, Sancho, Saka, and Calvert Lewin. Daniel Mangan, go through your so squad. Pickford, Pope, Henderson, Reese James, Kyle Walker, Chuel, Saka, and Trent, with Maguire, Stones, Dyer, and Mings. Then I've got Henderson, Rice, Mount, Grealish, Rashford, Sterling, Kane, DCL, Foden, Sancho, and Barkley. All right, and then I've got Pope. Hendo, Alex McCarthy, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Kieran Trippier, John Stones, Eric Dyer, Harry Maguire, Tyrone Mings, Luke Shaw, Ben Chilwell, Hendo, Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips, James Madison, Jack Grealish, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, Jaden Sancho, Harry Kane, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Marcus Rashford, and my good friend James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> Shall we run for our yeah, Tom, you do your starting eleven. So my starting eleven. Daniel. So I've got Pickford, I've got James and Chilwell, Maguire, Stones, Rice, Hendo and Mount, with Sterling, Rashford and Kane up top. Alright, and I've got Nick Pope in goal, Trent, uh, no, I'm got Nick Pope in goal, Kieran Trippier at right back, uh, John Stones and Harry Maguire at centre back, Luke Shaw at left back, Calvin Phillips at the base of the midfield. Uh, with Jordan Henderson and uh, Phil Foden in front of him, and then I got Marcus Rashford on the left, Raheem Sterling on the right, and Harry Kane up top. And by the way, that front three this season got combined goals and assists of seventy-two. So, oh. very, very good. That's why we don't need Jack Grealish. Um... <laughs> <laughs> scandalous, do you think, Dan, I'm just wondering, do you think everyone will get the James Ward-Prowse joke or do you think we should explain it? 
Yeah. Mate, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember the meal? Do you remember the meal afterwards as well? And when you were like playing FIFA with Paddy, and like you were just so upset, like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, James James Ward Prowse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were like England International and James Ward Prowse I think had had one cap at that point and hadn't been in the squad for about 2 years, but um You know, I shook his hand, yeah. And then he literally just started bagging free kicks ever since. And me and Daniel, we talked we spoke to him after the game. Like it's like when we it's like that time we spoke to Lewis Horn Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. don't, don't forget that I changed Nate Nake's career as well. Yeah, that's two players that's changed their careers. And Joe Mangan and Joe Mangan uh, revitalized Reese James. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> anyway, um you said you got some more thing you wanted to say, Rory, or like Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, um, we'll wrap up soon, but uh, I just wanted to say it's been great to have Daniel on. Like, it really has been great to have Daniel on the podcast, and um, I hope you guys appreciate um, having Daniel on as much as we do. You know, he's given up his precious time to be here, um, so we, we thank him for that. Um, well, thank you for the opportunity. And he's yeah. welcome. He's, he's yeah. off the podcast. Mm. And he's 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 welcome he's welcome back at any time, um, but I just I wanted to ask Tom a couple of questions about um, I don't and Dan you can chip in if you want it's just their Arsenal based questions. Um, Martin Erdegaard, Tom. I'll be completely honest. I'm gonna come clean. I've never watched this guy play a full ninety minutes. Have you not? I've heard I've heard good things. Yeah. About Martin Erdegaard. Mm-hmm. I know he's a very technically gifted player, and for, for Real Madrid to pick you up at sixteen years old, mm-hmm. you do have something about you in terms of talent. Yeah. Um, but it's one of them ones where I'm just going to say we'll have to see because I literally don't know a lot about I'm, it. I'm not going to lie. I think Erdegaard is like a top, top signing. Like, I really do. He was so good for Real Sociedad um, last last season. Like, he was he was phenomenal. And, I mean... You know what I like? He mm-hmm. can play right wing as well. Yeah, he can play... With yeah. continuous Smith-Rowe mm-hmm. in that uh, um, number 10 role. Yeah. We can have Erdegaard off the right, which will get Pepe out of the team, which will be good for him. So. <laughs> oh, Tom Mangan, the biggest Pepe hater. Um, uh, no, Martin Martin Odegaard for Real Sociedad was was phenomenal last season, and I think he's a massive, massive coup for Arsenal to get him. Um, and I actually have, I I do have an actual sort of passive interest in Real Sociedad just because um, a very good friend of mine, um, of my parents is is a um is a Real Sociedad fan, so he he always talks to me about Real Sociedad when he's here, and he's a, he's a, he's a, a, a great guy, but um, also very knowledgeable about football. And he was telling me about how good Erdegaard was. Um, and look, I think his key passes and his chance creation numbers were amongst some of the best in Europe last season. Football Daily never stopped talking about him. So you know, you know, he's a good player if Patrick Van Straten likes him. Um, <laughs> so I would say Erdegaard is 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 a, is a top top signing. I think Matty Ryan and Erdegaard would be a very very good January window. Yeah, no, I was very very happy. 
Matt Ryan getting announced because it was the, one of the reasons it was so great was because it was literally had not even been talked about by any like media outlet yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And then you just like refresh your Instagram and Matt Ryan turning up the Arsenal shirt. I was like, whoa, what's all that about? Well, yeah, and and bloody Runnison couldn't catch coronavirus. Like yeah. you know, <laughs> he is so bad. He is so I bad. Feel so bad for Yeah. Well, the thing. How many games has he actually played? Has he only played that Man City game? Like he wouldn't. He, he played a couple of Europa League games, but even in the first couple of Europa League games, um, Arteta didn't trust him to play. Yeah. Because so, I haven't. I. I. I've only seen. I only. I haven't watched any of Arsenal in the Europa League this season. I only saw him in that Man City game, and he was dreadful. He was so bad in that no, game. He's literally terrible. I, mm-hmm. I felt. I feel bad for him. I'm not going to bad mouth him. He just. He's simply just not good enough. Yeah. He just and didn't that's... deserve to be there, really. Just yeah. long time plays, just like... Do he you know... was always meant to be sitting on the bench or in the reserves, and they sold Emmy Martinez, who arguably... Has been the best goalkeeper in the league. The best goalkeeper in the Prem. Yeah. Like, unbelievable goalkeeper. I still think they made the right decision selling Emmy Martinez, to be honest. I think for a guy who'd played nine games in the Premier League, um, and he's like 27 or 28, to get £20 million for him... Um, was was a very good deal, and I'd still I'd still make that sale now because I think Leno is is a brilliant keeper as well. Um, nah, um, I, I get your point, yeah, but Martinez is a better goalkeeper than Leno, in my opinion. Well, I think I think it's I think it's too I think it's too soon to say for me. I I don't like the reactionary stuff, and I think Mar Martinez has never hasn't played a full season of football like in his career, so I do think it's too early to say that he's a he's a. It's also, it's, it's half a season now with Villa. Yeah. Look how much Villa's defence has improved. I think that's a lot down to Martin. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'd, I'd say he's probably been arguably the best goalkeeper in the league this season, but I still wouldn't go as far to say he's definitely better than Burnt Leno. And I don't think there's much in it either. Um, so I, I think getting 20 million for him, I think it was the right call to sell him. Um, on that though, I, w- I would go to say that if City really want to like go on and certify themselves winning the league yeah I honestly think that signing Martinez could be the difference because I think Edison's run his time I really don't rate Edison as a keeper really and I, I, I think Martinez would be perfect signing for City to really like state state their name and like establish dominance again Edison has been very ropey recently. yeah but I think, but I think he's got credit in the bank. That's the difference. Well, I think the thing is with Edison though, as well, is he's kind of he he suits their system well. I think Martinez would be very would be very adept in that system as well. But I think Edison is is very um, safe um, in that system. Yeah, but you know, like when Allison and Edison were being compared, like you just see the quality that Allison has over Edison, like as just a goalkeeper. Yeah. Like, I, for me, Allison is just so much better than Edison. And like he's just proved it time and time again, and I, yeah, I, I don't, I think keepers what like arguably the after speak, after a good striker, I think keepers arguably the most important position on a football pitch, mm-hmm. and I think that is one place that a city could improve on if they really want to go and t- challenge for the title, which they're going to win anyway. I think City will win the league, but I think if I was going to suggest a position, they should go out and find it's just a striker. Striker, yeah, yeah. 
They should just put in. They should put in a cheeky thirty million pound bid for Timo Werner and see if Chelsea accept it. Mate, I do, this is this is another thing that I hate. Everyone like jumping on Werner's back. I don't know why. Like he's he's still he's still mate. He's still got he's still got. I think he's 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 still got like kind of. Um, <laughs> no, mate, he's on the first goal. Nah. yeah, but he's still got he's still got nine goals and assists in all competitions this season. In his first, and the thing is, people are jumping on his back. Yeah, but he's being Frank Lampard. I'm sorry, like Frank Lampard is 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 actually he couldn't manage a local post office like he's actually useless <laughs> like he is he is useless i wouldn't want him managing the school football team like he's just he, he can't manage players he, he, he just chucks them all in and he's got no idea what he's doing like the talent at that the, the talent at his disposal i said kai havertz was a bad signing yeah at the time i said it i said it was a rubbish signing but um but Ziyech, to have a team like of Ziyech, Pulisic, Timo Werner, Tammy Abraham, Olivier Giroud, May, uh, Mason Mount, Mateo Kovacic, Kante, Jorginho, Thiago Silva. Like the amount of talent that squad has. Ben Chilwell, um, Reese James, Aspilicueta, who's reliable. Mendy's quite a decent keeper. Like to have the amount of talent in that squad. Look, if Thomas Tuchel took over at Chelsea, they, they could challenge for the title. Um, I think, I think your points about Lampard are very valid mm-hmm. I think Werner I don't think there's a really a problem with Werner and Lampard I know, I know you're, you might be thinking he's facing out left but Werner gets enough chances and he's getting enough good chances that he should be scoring them and it might be just a confidence issue but he's getting enough chances where he's got to be burying some of these now Mm-hmm. And I think you're just seeing that he's not that like, good of a footballer. No, that is just a uh, Tom. I'm not having that. <laughs> I'm not having that. I'll stick up he's for my. Limited. He's I, very limited. He's not. No, but this is this is the thing as well. People don't actually pay attention. Look, his first season at Leipzig, he scored 13 goals. Like he's a slow burner. Um, he moved from Stuttgart to Leipzig, and he scored 13 goals in his first season. I think he got then he got 23, then he got 16, and then last season he exploded and he was amazing. So people kind of look at him and and. and Look, the guy's a slow burner. Give him time. Timo Werner is Timo Werner. Last season was one of the top five players in Europe. Um, Listen, Julian Nagelsmann. Go, go on, Dan. Go on. Yeah, one thing that Lago, Timo Werner, yeah. is first friendly for Chelsea. He came. He came out in a post-match interview and said, "Can we yeah. the final?" <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, yeah, everyone looks at that, but that's because, yeah, he played Tottenham the season before, who were dreadful. So, like, (laughs) I think, I think that might have been somewhat lost in translation. Like, Like, playing against, mate, playing, playing against, like, playing against Bayern Munich. No, he didn't. This is the biggest myth ever. Joe Linton, under Julian Nagelsmann, scored eight goals in the Bundesliga. Joe Linton scored eight goals in the Bundesliga under Julian Nagelsmann. Seems like we've got a bit of a technical difficulty at the moment. Well... 
I think Tom and Daniel just cut off the call. So um, I guess this is the perfect time to end the podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, I don't really know what to do, but I'm just going to end it here. Um, We covered what we wanted to, and we were getting kind of off topic at the end. Um, Please let us know if you'd like to see us cover anything else in the future. Um, And look, if you want to see Dan on again, let us know. I, I, I am well aware that people might be a bit bored listening to me and Tom. Sometimes it gets a bit repetitive. So if you want to see Dan on more often, let me know. If you want to come on the podcast yourself and you feel like you could contribute, then also let me or Tom know. Um, please leave your feedback. And look, I hope you lot enjoyed. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you soon.